Matt can't even remember where the go switch is. Press the button, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Well, welcome to yet another episode of Show Center, the Air Show podcast. I'm Air Show announcer Matt Jolly, joined as always by my colleagues, Rick Peterson and Rob Ryder. Hi there, rising from the ashes like the phoenix bird we are. Well, we, we just took the winter off. I mean, we, we said we were going to take the winter off, but it's air show season now, right? You're back. I'm back. You're back. We're You're back. back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be having some fun in the sun and fun in a couple of weeks and uh and rob's already been hard at it and uh, matt once again is uh i'm, is I'm the farm. yeah i'm on the farm no 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 I, it, we're, everything's off and running it's uh, it's a busy season this year for everyone i think uh but mm-hmm. but rob rob just did uh yuma Yep, and it was Greg McShane and the gang there and uh, Colonel Chuck Dudick, the commanding officer. We had a parade of airplanes from the Marine Corps, including an F-A-18 Legacy Hornet. Not so many of those around anymore. Oh. And uh, MV-22, CH-53, and they have, of course, the uh, F-35B Lightning II. And we even had the F-35A, Kristen Wolf, came over to do it, and with with her in a P-51 Mustang doing the Heritage flight was Stephen Hinton Jr. So it was great to see all of those folks. It was a fun show. And uh, and it was not a long show. It was just a very, very concise, uh, pretty much military show with one civilian act, and it was, of course, Mark Smith in the 1940 Ford fire truck aftershock. Wow. So this, it was uh, a great show last weekend. Legacy Hornets, uh, I see them every day up here and uh, probably uh-huh. will for a few more years before the after <laughs> comes on, although the decisions has already been made. But, um, you know, just just talking about uh, the, the lineup there and the way things were going, uh, I was thinking about the uh, the F-35 the B, uh, which will be at Sun and Fun in a few weeks. And it's it's always fun when you hear about the Air Force coming up to the Navy places, the Navy, the Air Force, and then seeing that the Thunderbirds were together with the uh, Blue Angels again doing some training, all that to say it looks like everybody's ready. Yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a good point there, Matt. I apologize, but you, I could see it written all over your face. <laughs> no, I think that's a good. I think that's a good point to make, though. That you know, it seems like the season gets earlier and earlier uh, as as we do see more and more of these springtime shows coming up. It's often the, the, the part of the season where uh, very, very few players uh, seem to get involved. But then the ones that do get involved with this springtime show season uh, time slot, boy, they stick with it, don't they? I mean, yeah, and Aviation Nation has announced that next year they're rolling into the spring now and flipping out of the, uh, the late fall. So maybe we'll see some more of this uh, start to happen earlier in the spring and not just in the southern climes, but some chances being taken up in middle America and all that kind of stuff, too. I don't know whether this is appropriate or not, but it seems to me Aviation Nation moving into the spring like that and not having the Thunderbirds on their lineup is a very, very interesting situation and raises some questions in my mind. Home of the Thunderbirds and they're going to be in San Antonio instead of at AV, instead of Aviation Nation as of this moment. I wonder if there's more news to come on that because you're right. That Doesn't that just sound... Weird. <laughs> it does indeed. That's but, the equivalent of like your parents leaving town and saying, I don't have a party. <laughs> the neighbors will be watching. <laughs> well, 2024 is going to be an interesting season. And we have can't we can't <clears throat> confirm things yet because uh, they're not. But uh, we know that the Royal Canadian Air Force is going to be celebrating its centennial. 
and there have been all sorts of invitations that have been sent out and uh, and confirmations we're still waiting on official words but it looks like uh, some of the uh, the European teams will be coming over to not only help the Air Force celebrate here but because they come overseas they'll be showing up at some of the uh, US shows as well where they can and it's going to be interesting to see as those announcements come we'll we'll keep you abreast of that but there's nothing that we can talk about officially at this point although as you'll hear in uh, Prop wash. I I have inadvertently killed one of the European teams, so I'll just allude to that now. And <laughs> should we get there? I'm 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 on the edge of my uh, this chair is a, right this now. This is a long this is a long story. So why don't we just go ahead and start it off here with all <laughs> the, the news. Professional. That's right. The most professional name in earshow news, Mr. Rick Peterson, joins us now with a look at prop wash and, and caught, the, and the caught killing of a jet team. <laughs> <laughs> How did this happen, Rick? I mean, you well, you put the nail in the coffin. Innocently enough. And and I'll still stand by my story until we see what happens. <laughs> so the European Council uh, did their meeting and open discussions in the planning with the uh, European uh, producers was that the uh, Patrice Swiss, the Swiss team that flies the F-5s, and they have uh, 2024 will be their 60th anniversary. And the F-5s have been, uh, you know, the most recent part of that history and in a long history. But they were buying the new F-35. They only have a few F-18s, legacy F-18s. And uh, it looked like they could only fly the F-5 until 2025. So it was pretty much openly discussed uh, that that 2024 would be their last season on the 60th anniversary. And uh, that would be it. And they still have the turboprop uh, demonstration team. That would continue, but uh, but that would be it for the uh, for the Portri Swiss. And they're significant. They're historical. They are great. And so I did a post just saying, well, sad news, but uh, farewell. And it's been great. And, and that was fine for a couple of days until it really wasn't out there. Uh, apparently, in the European circles, with some. And now the ministry, and the, and the last time they tried to announce the demise of this team was 2016, and it, it created quite a storm as well then, enough that the team came back again, and they didn't disband them. Um, and there's money reasons over there as well, as you can imagine, when it comes to buying the F-35, it's not a cheap uh, purchase. So to make a long story short, uh, I've basically, I think I got ahead of the story, <laughs> which wasn't, wasn't so great, and... I still think it's it's probably true, uh, although now the minister over there, their military minister, is saying that they may fly these uh, planes till 2030, the F-5s, and that could mean that the Poultry Swiss would survive a little a little longer, but I don't know, something about the 60th anniversary, I still think I've got it right, and I've got good sources on it, so I'm gonna I'm sticking with it and taking a bit of heat on social media, as you could well imagine for this. But uh, I'm not going to give up my sources. They're pretty damn good, and I'm sticking with that. So there you go. I have effectively killed the Swiss team, but it's creating a bit and of a storm. The jet team, just to be, to be clear, yes. I mean, the, the turboprops still safely. Still there. Still there. Yeah. Also a great act. Uh, and their solo ships are still, they have a great uh, F-18 demonstration. Uh, they still have great helicopter demonstrations. It's, it's wonderful uh, over Europe to see these teams. And uh, so that's basically uh, what's happened with them. I can give you other jet team news here in Prop Wash as well as we move on. I should point out with the F-5, 
and the three Swiss moving away from that are Heritage Flight, and the uh, training is just wrapping up. There are two F-5s, civilian-owned, that are now part of the Heritage program, and it's going to be great to see the F-5 in the sky again. Rob, who owns these things? They're civilian-owned. They're not military. They're owned by Dan Friedkin, the guy who a few years ago took over the Air Force Heritage flight situation when the Air Force divested their involvement financially with it. Dan Friedkin... Uh, from Southwest Toyota and his dad, his late father, said, we're going to run it. And so they have been uh, the uh, they run the Air Force Heritage Flight Foundation now. And Dan, a surprise to me when I heard about the F-5s, I, I am thrilled to death about that. Yeah. One of my favorite airplanes, you know, of, of all time. And so now we have F-86s uh, in the uh, Heritage Flight. Has the F-100 participated in the uh, Heritage Flights? I can't. I don't recall seeing it, uh, but the uh, F-86s, the, uh, the F-5, and of course the Mustangs are back. And uh, the Air Force also announced with Heritage Flight that uh, the new pilots have all been uh, accepted. Uh, Amy Fiedler, of course, back in the F-16, the Viper. Uh, Kristen Wolf uh, back in the F-35, new this year on the A-10, Lindsey Johnson. Uh, her call sign is MAD, and she'll be flying so three of the uh, uh Pilots are women, Air Force pilots, and the F-22 Raptor this year, Samuel Raz Larson. And who was telling me that he was a photographer, Matt? Well, yeah, he and Nate Burroughs uh, used to uh, do some air show photography together. Uh, so Nate had a really great story the other day about, uh, about Raz and how he uh, has grown up a fan of the air show uh, world. So really, really great to see that come full circle. Certainly not the first time we've seen this story play out. Uh, in our industry, and it's always uh, really heartwarming when it does, I think. Well, I'd imagine the, the photographers, are like, good God, it could mean like somebody like Ken Mist could actually pilot a fighter jet, but uh, that some of these photographers have taken that passion yeah. to that level, and he's now driving the, the Raptor. I'm looking uh, forward to seeing no. Ken Mist in a flight suit and, yeah. <laughs> and ready to go, ready yeah. to go. It, where there's a will, uh, there's a way, Ricky. Exactly, exactly. The Snowbirds, uh, to update the situation up here, are, I think they have the nine plane together now. Their training is going along well. Uh, the winter has been a winter again for them out there. Uh, they have news on upgrades to the Jets. Uh, they're getting new glass cockpits, a multi-million dollar uh, deal. Uh, no new ejection system or anything like that, but they are getting glass cockpits uh, put into the Tudors. And uh, and they're putting together their season, getting ready for their training, or f wrapping up their training uh, in a few weeks when they finally take the team out to um, Comox. And I'm not even sure if they're going to do that this year, but I'll, I'll wait for the confirmation from the team. And, of course, the CFA team, that uh, continues to be um, a reduced schedule for sure as the uh, the life in the Jets is winding down and commitments to NATO and other things, uh, understandably, as Canada now starts to progress and training pilots for the F-35 program. Uh, Reno Air Races, uh, big news that went through the industry. It's, uh, they are not going to go back to their home field. This will be their last uh, show this year or race. And the uh, search is on for a new home. Black Flag Atlanta is coming up. And Matt is going to be very involved in that because he needs to practice. And that's what it's all about. Right, Matt? And that's right. It's all about uh, rehearsal. And anyone can come there who wants to uh, to fly in a box. And uh, Nathan Hammond and the team there that, uh, that put that event on uh, just always do a great job. And, you know, when, when COVID hit, uh, they really answered the call uh, to keep everybody current. 
and that's where it came from. And and I think it's it's a great event that they're keeping going. So Hampton, yeah. Georgia, is where that's going to happen on uh, March uh, the weekend of March twenty fifth. And uh, I, I've neglected to mention too the Bethy uh, the Thunderbirds um, at the uh, Spaceport America, and I think this is the second season they've been there. The world's first purpose-built commercial spaceport is a pretty cool place, and uh, and what it offered the Thunderbirds is just amazing when it comes to uh, places for debriefing and office space, and uh, the airport. I mean, the runways I think are twelve thousand feet. I mean, this is built for eighteen thousand acres. Uh, 6,000 square miles of uh, restricted airspace, low population density, uh, 12,000 foot by 200 foot runways, vertical launch complexes, 340 days of sunshine, low humidity. Wait a minute. This would be perfect for the Reno air races. There you go. <laughs> I, why not? Oh, why not suggest it? I, that, that's wonderful. I, it's interesting as we talk about where the Thunderbirds are practicing. Historically, they would practice at what uh, and for a number of years was known as Indian Springs, about an hour, just shy of an hour north of Nellis Air Force Base. It became Creech Air Force Base, uh, named after uh, General uh, William Creech, who was a former Thunderbird. Uh, and anyway, Creech Air Force Base now uh, is busy because they are flying unmanned aerial vehicles out of there and doing training there. Plus, part of their uh, the, the goings-on at Creech are actually missions being flown uh, in the Middle East via via satellite and uh, uplink downlink. So uh, they are actually flying combat missions from uh, the uh, this this cockpits, if you will, there at Creech Air Force Base. But it's gotten so busy that the Thunderbirds have not been able to practice there as much. And Red Flag is going on at Nellis right now, too. Yeah. So it's turned out to be the perfect place. And then off they went to uh, El Centro to uh, to do some more training together with the uh, the Blue Angels, which just provides such great video and photo ops and uh, and you know it's just it's just wonderful to see the two teams together before they launch into their seasons they will be together again at point magoo i should point out and i think at this point i could be wrong but that's the only uh, show this season where both teams will be performing together both the uh, blue angels and the thunderbirds i believe you're right on that i want to point out too that, that while we're talking about prop wash uh, our friends at the European Air Show Council, they just held their uh, their annual convention. And a lot of great things came out of that, Rick. I know you've touched on some of those. Uh, it, but it's not just air shows happening here in the spring. There is also uh, some stuff going on in the fall uh, down, down under, uh, where I'll be headed uh, later in the summer. But uh, the Australian International Air Show just uh, wrapped up. And our, our friends from uh, Pacific Air Show were down there, Kevin and the gang, uh, we're down there supporting Matt Hall, but uh, another big event, uh, just uh, as we said, in the Southern Hemisphere going on. This is a big time of the year, uh, and it, it seems like more and more shows, if you had to find room uh, in the season for growth, uh, it really is this early part of spring where there is uh, so much growth and potential. It completely eliminates one of the largest complaints that we hear it shows, and that is heat. The oppressive heat uh, that you find and lack of shade on the ramp. I wonder why more shows aren't taking advantage of this. Yeah, I, I, my first instinct is to think about whether other than the heat, uh, the fact that spring weather is uh, is tumultuous to say the least. You know, it's a little hard to predict. Um, and it, it's also hard to get around 
in North America with uh, with earlier spring conditions. I mean, Rob's already faced a couple of flight delays and cancellations. Uh, the guys uh, that went over for the European, uh, some of the folks that were over there had some trouble getting back to Canada and stuff like that. So I think that still plays a, a bit of a factor in it. But uh, seeing some of the changes going on, like Aviation Nation and, and whatnot, it's interesting. I think you're right, Matt. I think that's it's there's not many other areas to grow with and that is going to be the early spring is going to be the answer to take that chance and see what happens well and i understand the idea about getting to and from the show i i understand that completely but i mean there are areas of the united states and north america where you know the the weather is pretty decent in the spring and it's stable uh in the spring so i think i i still think it's one of the largest opportunity areas that we have right now that and more uh, to do at night yeah, Yuma last weekend at the time just before this this recording date, uh, Yuma we were 83 degrees on Friday and Saturday, so it was a it was great weather for an air show. Yeah, uh, that it was it was interesting to see the Pacific Air Show uh, played a big role in the European Council uh, Congress uh, this this past month, and uh, that's interesting because that says to me that Kevin's got his eyes on perhaps Europe as well. And uh, I think that's a good idea. So with Avalon just finishing up in Australia and uh, and then the Gold Coast show coming up, the Pacific uh, Air Show Gold Coast, and Matt will be there as the announcer, and uh, and then Huntington Beach, uh, West Coast. He's still looking for an East Coast, I think, at some point. <laughs> and I think when the time is right. I think, you know, I'm not speaking yeah. for him, obviously, but I, but I think from the, when the time is right, uh, yeah. that, that will happen, I'm too. I'm hoping he does because it's, it's an event, you know, and it's um, – it's along the scales of, and I think his, he probably saw that as the European shows are done because they are competing against Formula One uh, and and other events like that, World Cup. Uh, it's different. It's, it has to be pitched differently to sponsors. It has to cater uh, along those lines to the ticket buyer who are expecting, the expectations are higher about food and the way it's served and and the seating and and uh, and the comfort levels, whether it be air conditioning or you know shade, those kinds of things. It's a different model over there, and uh, and very very uh, in step, I would say, with what uh, what Kevin plans and has done and demonstrated well and is successful at Pacific Air Show at Huntington Beach. Let's we're pivot. talking about. The, the fan experience being being part of the well being the over overshadowing thing of the whole show uh, make it make it easy for the fans and that you know makes me think we ought to have Kevin Walsh on to talk about how things have gone with his drive-in format up in Ypsilanti at the uh, Thunder Over Michigan show but that's a side story on that yeah and say London and to put an emphasis on that too London uh, coming out of COVID and everything they like the drive-in. Uh, format up here yeah and london international air show continues to uh to develop that and, and good for them it's uh, it's brought them you know it's easier to do um uh, they do a lot of work with the local hospital as far as charity and raising money goes and it's uh, it's just a better model for them right now and good good on them let's pivot back to uh to talking about some of the stuff that's coming up here rick uh, sun and fun uh, rob rob and i were talking about this just the other day uh uh, Sun and Fun now under new leadership. This will be the uh, the inaugural event uh, for this new team taking over. Uh, and and you, Rick Peterson, you are the guy uh, for this. <laughs> we, you know, I, I we were talking with some some other. Yeah. Yes, we've yes. all done it, uh, but I'm telling you, this is this is your year to go down there and to, well, uh, to Jake, have fun Jake, down there. But- 
going to be with us. They've, they've introduced a lot of changes. Well, a lot of changes. They've introduced some changes uh, to the way Sun and Fun is going to work. Uh, they boost some things around, things that make uh, that are going to be new for the sake of being new, and things that make sense now. Things that they could fix and, and turn around. Parking is is one of their bigger issues too, and that's uh, moved ahead technologically. So you can buy all this stuff online, buy your tickets online, all these things that uh, that, that we need to do moving forward. Um, Jay Rabbit's going to be there with the sound, and I'm very happy about that. Uh, Jay's been there for a while now, but he's uh, he's going to be there. Brittany Nielsen's going to help out with the uh, the announcing, and of course, uh, joining me as well and taking care of a lot of the social uh, media uh, issues will be uh, Steph uh, Stephanie Strickland, who's going to be there too, and uh, E3 is very involved as a sponsor and this is a new concept as well and i think matt has some more insight on that because our former f-16 demo pilot rain john waters is quite involved in that and it's a whole new platform uh that adds to the uh flying and flight training pretty much nailed it and that's it and they've uh, scooped up <laughs> i'm just gonna kill you. <laughs> no i think you i really do i think you hit the nail on the head there with that one uh, Rain is involved. Uh, E3 has lots of different associations. They're standing up this new one uh, that is targeting folks who are interested in aviation. So enthusiast pilots, uh, it, it runs the gamut as far as the interest level and involvement uh, within the sport of aviation. And so they want everybody. Uh, you can check that out. And Rain, of course, is uh, incredibly involved in this. And they're going to be one of, I believe, one of the big sponsors this year at Sun and Fun. And Rain, by the way, is just a natural at this. He really is. I mean, the podcast, uh, his podcast is just through the posts. And uh, and he just has such ease in front of the camera. The camera just loves him. Uh, and I should point out, too, as far as announcing goes at Son of Fun, that Danny Clisham is going to be there. And he's going to be over there with the short takeoff and landing uh, folks and everything taking care of the other part of the uh, flying display that goes on. And I'll be so happy to get hooked up with uh, with Danny and uh, all of that history and all of those stories. And uh, it's just every minute you, uh, you enjoy spending with that man. He is such a class act Hollywood. He is yeah. indeed. That's uh, going to be fun. You guys act. are going to have a good time down in Florida. That's coming up here in just a few weeks, uh, taking advantage of this uh, spring season. It's, it's really is an open season for air shows uh, in the spring. And then as we, you know, move forward into the summer, I'm looking forward to it. I, I would love to see, uh, what the new and innovative acts are going to be this year. Uh, I don't have anything under a, a, a bushel basket that I'm aware of that's about to pop out. Do you guys know of anything? I mean, really, the it's, it's which I think quiet. is a sedition. And uh, Greg Collier's gone uh, with the duo, uh, you know, T-33s, and his third one looks like it's just about to be test flown after repairs were done to the wing and the gear after a hard landing. Uh, so there's a couple, um, uh, outside of that, you know, I don't, I don't know yet about, well, and we're still rebuilding. I mean, let's not forget we had COVID, uh, just a, a few years ago when, right. when it, Twice it, right. When it struck and it's, uh, it's really it set me. us back. And now, uh, with inflation on the rise and everything else, I'm not going to get negative here, but, uh, it, it feels like that season, uh, this season we're going into is is more reminiscent of seasons past than it was uh, this speed bump of COVID. I'm looking forward to seeing stuff. I hope um, I keep hearing rumors of new airplanes and new things that are coming online, but nothing uh, 
nothing that's ready to to really come forward. So we have a lot of people who listen to this show, a lot of industry insiders. It'll be interesting to see uh, if anything is going to be pushed forward uh, to this year or hurried out. I'm, I'm looking forward to the new stuff. I got to say, I'm I'm always excited about what's around the corner with this business. Uh, there is one modification that I want to mention, and that's Ken Reader, who four and a half years ago lost his partner, uh, John Thacker, at, uh, at an air show. Ken is now flying back in a dual RV-8 act with his son. Oh, yeah. And two of them, he says, Ken says that his son is doing, Austin is doing exceptionally well uh, flying formation. So they have their act up and running. So that's going to be a cool thing for us to see. Uh, by the way, I do want to put out a quick quick shout out to uh, Glenn Graham down in Australia. I did some announcing, recorded announcing work for him, and I'm sure you're going to run into him when you get down there, Matt. Uh, so uh, hello, Glenn. Nice to nice to uh, give you the shout out. And um, we should, uh, we should, I'm sorry, Matt, you wanted to get in there? No, no, no. I was just going to say, I think it's exciting to see what's coming around the corner there. And I'm, I'm glad that Austin has now been named as the pilot. Uh, the first time I saw him fly was at Black Flag. Uh, and that's a great example of, of the kind of opportunity that this event coming up again March 25th can give to uh, someone who may not have a card yet or may be new to the business. If you just want to come and fly in front of your peers um, and get some mentoring or some coaching or if you've been doing it 50 years, it doesn't matter. Come on down. I mean, Austin just really did an outstanding job that first year he flew there. Flew he's like a four great or five stick. times, if I remember right. I mean, yeah, he's a great out the box. stick. He really yep. is. So uh, I'm glad to hear that was announced. Before we go, uh, we'd like to pay our respects to Howdy and his family. Uh, we lost a fellow announcer this week uh, suddenly. Howdy McCann was a guy that uh, always had a smile on his face, and we really, uh, we're really going to miss him. Well, we are back indeed with Show Center. We'll be producing regular episodes now, and we look forward to hearing from you. If there is something that you think we should cover, you can always send us an email or hit us up on uh, Facebook and social media. We'd love to hear from you. Send a check if you're going to yeah, please. engage with mail. It's, we it's, should do help. we should do some sort of a like Patreon thing. So offset the expenses for the time we invest in this. Yeah. <laughs> Sponsorship or something. <laughs> Sponsorship. That's what we need. If anyone's interested. <laughs> Well, we used to have a hot dog stand. I mean, come on. Oh, I know. I just uh, thought of whatever friend happened. Friend Jerry. Yeah. Hey, Good old Jerry. friend of Jerry. COVID, COVID got the disease didn't get up. The economy did. Yeah. <laughs> are we done yet? Sadly, sadly, we are very done. Yeah. Very, very done. We're All beyond right, rusty. Yeah. We're just beyond mm. rusty. Or taking the winter off. We can't God. do that again. It was fun, though. It was it was really fun. I mean, always, always good to get yeah. together. Yeah. Came back refreshed. Yes. Mm. Eager. Mm. Yep. Ready to go. Yep. Yeah. Put yep. me in, coach. There Jesus, you go. get me a bat. Will you oh, get me yeah. a bat? Just get me a bat. <laughs> Bye, guys. Metal. A wooden bat. I want a metal bat. <laughs>